Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Trey Young better play tonight. Well, it's official, official in Flowery Branch, and we have thoughts. And last but not least, in for the culture, I got some serious advice for my main man, Shannon, Uncle Shay Shay Sharp. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We want everybody and their mom and them to find out what's going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta's ATL Day Ones. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online and T. When you think about what the Hawks have in front of them tonight, the Orlando Magic, a game that we should deem winnable. Um... Trey Young obviously wasn't was out against the Memphis Grizzlies and mm-hmm. just let's just face it that looked like a G League team <laughs> on Monday and I think that one of the main things is that he's expected to play but is there something within your soul that tells you that he might not be uh, the Trey Young that we that that we we want him to be that we saw in that Chicago Bulls game? Yeah. So first off, let me just apologize and let me. Put a disclaimer on this for my, as the TV Skyhawks sideline reporter, our G League team is number one in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. So just be, be clear. Let's be clear. So no disrespect. In other no words, disrespect no disrespect to At all to my employer. Now, so we've gotten that PSA out of the way. Yes, we can no go doubt. back to talking Hawks. I respect that. So, so with the Hawks, it's interesting because, of course, the official report as of literally five minutes ago, was that he's still questionable, but the indication early on was that he will start tonight. And I can understand why, because, hey, the Hawks, if they lose tonight, they would go under 500 for the first time this entire season. And nobody wants nobody wants that to happen if you can help it. No. And at least if you guarantee a win tonight, you know, you can, you're at a split of the road trip and maybe, you know, you can get a little bit more excited about kind of closing that thing out on a positive note. But on the same token, let's be honest. If you look down the list of the Magic players who have already been ruled out, Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, for example, Jonathan Isaac, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, except for Pablo Banquero, who who, who do you have? I mean, really, who do you have? So, And, of course, the first game that the Hawks played them, uh, they won by 10 points. But in the second game, which was – maybe a little about two weeks ago Jarvis a little bit over two weeks ago they beat Mm -hmm. him by 17 so I mean at the end of the day this is not a game that the Hawks can't win should they choose not to suit up everybody meaning number 11. Yeah I think that and you know if 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 we still only have if it's a situation where you like the Memphis Grizzly where you only have one uh legitimate starter you know Uh, on, on, on that starting lineup in DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter, yeah, like, yeah, they need they need everybody. They need yeah. they need at least one or two more guys, you know, to have right. some cohesiveness in that starting unit because we 
we don't want to see Frank Kaminsky in the game. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, you know, that's, that, dude is, that dude is not good at being in the NBA right now. And, no. you know, I, I can make a case for that. He, he's never been that good. So yeah. um, we don't want to see that. But I think that Trey, with him being questionable, I, I would really hope, like for him to play because, like, you want to get in this three-game road trip, you want to get, get those guys and get in some type of rhythm yeah. as they, they go – try to round this year out and like you said you don't want them to fall under 500 you don't want that to happen so if trey is out there i think that it'll be a good thing a good sight mm -hmm. to see him yeah. kind of get get things going and because i think the one thing that i really liked uh, uh in in that chicago game is that he still struggled he still mm -hmm. was struggling he's shooting 40 percent from the field and what about 28 percent, 29 percent from the three from beyond the arc right now mm -hmm. so those are some of the things that that this, he has to just deal with at this point. But he, what he was able to do was continue to distribute the basketball and spread the ball around and make sure that he's keeping the ball moving and don't get into the whole one-on-one -on -one type situations unless it's at the last minute or, the mm -hmm. last, or he's going for the last shot, which we saw him be able to make that shot. As long as he can make that shot and the, mm -hmm. when, when time comes, when crunch time comes and distribute the basketball and get everybody else involved, I'm cool with where, where he's at right now shooting the rock. So – yeah, you know, I think that'll be something good to see to get him on the court and get, mm -hmm. get everybody involved and get those guys, those ancillary guys going on, on on the side as well. Yeah. And if you have Clint Capella, which he and I literally am double checking by the minute because we just got a report from the Hawks as well. And there's no indication as of now that Clint Capella is not a go. So I feel like that's the other piece, Jarvis. If Clint Capella is able to go, then all roads point to that being very positive for the Hawks, because then when you kind of look, you know, down the stat line, if you will, and you look at what Clint Capella was able to do in those first two games, so, rebound. so when you're going, you know, when you're having a, a typical Clint Capella night with, uh, as it relates to the boards, because we know that's where the Grizzlies torched him. I mean, points in the paint was 58, something crazy. So yeah, I believe that if he's a go as well, should Trey not go, then I think the Hawks will be okay. But to your point, if Trey goes and Clint goes, you got DeAndre, you at least have three out of the five that gets you your rhythm back. And then you got good word from Landry Fields that uh, John John Collins rehab is coming along. So if you can just kind of piecemeal until maybe next week when it looks like he'll come back and then maybe that following week when DeJounte Murray comes back, then we're good. But just win the games you're supposed to win. Absolutely. And they definitely will be tipping off against the Landro Magic tonight. Um, they're dealing with injuries. The Hawks are dealing with injuries, and we shall see. That's kind of how where this team is right now. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that we have to talk about them. We'll see against the Lando Magic because we all know they live in the lottery. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, T, let's talk about the Atlanta Braves. Um, they're going to have to make a decision because, you know, Dansby Swanson is the last man standing. Carlos Correa signs a ridiculous deal for 13 years 350 million dollars oh my goodness with the san francisco giants we know they were looking to pass out a bag they were uh, reportedly in on aaron judge for a little while before mm -hmm. the um the yankees came in in the 11th hour um but we know they were they were ready and willing to spend mm -hmm. some money so carlos Correa is the guy that got the bag and i think that you know a lot of people are finally starting to realize because mm -hmm. like i said i've I've said this from the beginning. I think Dansby Swanson will not be a Brave in 2023. Yeah. And people are starting to finally realize that now that given 
what Carlos Correa just signed for, Xander Bogarts, and, and, and Trey Turner signed for, like those guys are in the mid to upper 20s uh, in that AAV. And we know the Braves aren't anywhere near that. But, T, what does that mean for Dansby Swanson? Do you think that there is a chance or, or, or are we still sitting here saying, hey, this dude about to get paid? You know, I don't really see a pathway. I, I don't see how, because when you think about the fact that, and, and I'm just you know, doing some quick math, right? So bear right. with me. But mm-hmm. essentially, Austin Riley is your highest paid payer, uh, play, paid player. Yeah. 210, $12 million, 10 years. So essentially, he'll get 21 mil a year. So I think that kind of even more so than what the shortstops are getting that are maybe a step above where Dansby is with his skill set, I think Alex Anthopoulos has a real kind of question to ask himself because most people would argue that Austin Riley was considerably, you know, your MVP for the Braves last year. And he just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he still seems to have kind of gotten his, uh, he's hitting his potential. Dansby seems like, you know, he's there and that's not a bad thing. That just means that he's already kind of reached his his greatness, if you will. Austin right. Riley still has a ways to go. And I just don't know if Alex Anthopoulos is willing to go above the 21 mil that he's going to be doling out to Austin Riley. But to your earlier point, when you've got the top three shortstops at 27 and, and 25 and 25 and a half a year, yeah. I mean, first of all, nowhere are you staying at 17. Like that nope. to me, that's a joke. To, right. to not get that guy dance me into 20 into the 20s secondly first one trey turner 11 years second one xander bogarts 11 years now carlos correa 13 not even the six years is probably going to be good enough for dance anymore now you're talking about probably moving into eight years and okay? we know the braves aren't going that far <laughs> they don't do but that i don't know that Swanson <laughs> is going to take it if it's not right. closer in years guaranteed as those guys and then of course the guaranteed contract money so yeah tea leaves are there for comparing and contrasting to his class of shortstops to what austin riley is doing and what ron washington has been doing with bond grissom for the last month and a half and not only what he's been doing but how vocal he has been giving that feedback to Alex Anthopoulos about how quickly Vaughn Grissom has caught up to where he needs to be if he can take over a shortstop. And Uncle Ron doesn't compliment young players anyway. like that. Yeah, he, he, he don't throw, just pass out compliments to young guys and, and coming into the league. He treats those guys like they should be treated or like he feels they should be treated mm-hmm. coming in because like basically saying, you have to earn each and everything that you get from me. Uh, yeah. So so for him to kind of be basically putting a rubber stamp on like hey he's ready or i'm mm-hmm. gonna have him ready you right. know i i think i think the Braves have that succession plan in place already mm-hmm. so unless something changes and they get there are some guys there are a couple of uh low level guys um mm-hmm. that are out there that could they could bring in but if if uncle ron saying that this guy on von grissom is ready i, I believe him i'm yeah. i'm cool with that i'm cool with right. that at this point because he told us he got Austin Riley ready. Like he was giving yep. indications, not maybe as strong as these indications are, but he was giving indications that Austin Riley was coming along. And then when that regular season started, we all saw it like, oh yeah, there is a marked difference in who what this guy brought to the table, both at the plate and at third base now and what he was before. So I do think that's good. And going back to your point as well, 
if you have some serviceable or kind of lower level short stops out there that are available, the question would be, well, are they better than Orlando Arcia? Because if they're not, then you've got two serviceable guys in Grissom and Arcia. Should you lose Dansby? And then you can move on. And honestly, I think that once they get Ozzy Albies back, they'll be able to get that chemistry up and running rather quickly. And he's that's another thing. When you get the veteran back, the veteran can kind of get Vaughn Grissom up to speed and just kind of help him along as well. Absolutely. We're trying to help you along as well as far as getting some money. How about this? Go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. I've been looking at this website, trying to figure out what's going on on December 31st when Georgia will take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Or if you want to, we talked about the Hawks earlier and Trey Young, whether or not he's going to play. You want to get some odds, you want to get some lines, you want to see what's going on, what that over-under is against the Orlando Magic. By the way, if you're going to go check in on that, you might be all in. So guess what? Go to uh, Bet Online because it continues to top online source for all your sports wager information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered because, hey, we got you covered each and every day for all your ATL sports needs. Go to bed online for all your sports wagering information because they have everything right there for you. They have podcasts as well. Y'all know how beneficial those are. You guys rock with us every day. You guys love us. Y'all got love in my Snoop Dogg voice. Y'all love us. So love on bed online because they have everything you need. Head there today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because bed online is where the game starts. Well, you know who gets no love? Marcus Mariota. That <laughs> love affair is done, done in flowery branch. <laughs> done, done. And there are a whole lot of people who are like, praise Jesus, it's over. We wanted that divorce. We were tired. We didn't even want a separation. Now just get us to, to the judge. And, and we're there now. We've got the final word, the official word from Arthur Smith this morning in the press conference for the first practice leading up to the Saints game, right? He confirms right. that Marcus Mariota will be going on IR. Uh, he, as of today, no. will have, <laughs> will have uh, his surgery next week on his knee, a procedure mm-hmm. on his knee, so that we now know he's done for this year. And honestly, Jarvis, in all likelihood, we've seen him for the last time take the field as an Atlanta Falcon. Absolutely. When you're talking about if they, they can save, what, $12 million against the cap and mm-hmm. only um, – count $2.5 million in debt money towards the cap next year, which is small peanuts in comparison to what they had this year. So, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and take your little guaranteed bread for this year and you can go on about your business, man. So, um, and I I also look at it like this because, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, see, he was actually hurt. Let me give you a little little insight, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I know exactly what I need to say in order to go to a doctor and say, hey, you know what, man, I'm having some issues with my knees, man. It seems like when it get cold and all that stuff. You know, I think that this is just me. I ain't mm-hmm. no doctor, but I was, a, I am a former athlete. So I, I understand what you need to say in order to, to be able to get where you need to be, right? So I think that he ended up getting his knee scoped. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a, a procedure to clean up some stuff because you heard Arthur Smith earlier say chronic knee pain. Mm-hmm. A lot of people deal with pain playing football. We yeah. understand that, you right. know, but, you know, hey, I can't deal with the pain no more if I'm going to be standing on the sidelines holding a clipboard. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where I think we are. So, yeah, shout out. Go ahead, Marcus Mariota. You made your decision. You're going to go ahead and do your thing. And, and guess what? 
you won't mm-hmm. be in Atlanta Falcons anymore because I think that, you know, Smith may have felt some type of way. Mm-hmm. You kind of picked up on a couple little things. If you, like you said, read between the tea leaves in that press conference on Monday, mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about players have, is their prerogative to, to do and say certain things? Yeah, the coach might have a little issue with it, but hey, everybody going to move on. Everybody grown. Everybody make their own decisions. And mm-hmm. I think the Falcons will be better for it. Yeah, I, I believe the same. Now, one of the positives that Marcus Mariota brought to the table was his ability to scramble. He was Indeed. definitely a key component of the run game and why the Falcons have been top five all season long in their run game, their run attack. So you lose a little bit of that, but I would say I also think people may be overestim- or underestimating and maybe overestimating what Mariota was able to do versus Ritter and maybe underestimating Ritter greatly. So that said, to me, I feel like, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of a drop off, but I don't think that's a bad thing because we're continuing to see Tyler Algier step up. We're continuing to see Caleb Huntley. We're continuing to see Cordero, pa- Cordero Patterson do his thing to the point where they released Damian Williams. So, I mean, yeah. not that he was ever serviceable, but my point being, you have a good running back core. Your running back by committee has been working effectively. So how does that run game look if, for example, Ritter is not as much a part of it as, say, Mariota was? I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be just fine because I do think that it'll offset by the fact that the running backs by committee are trending up and you're going to get more out of the vertical game for Ritter. So I feel like it'll offset because you won't have to lean on it as much. Yeah, I I think so too because you know the vertical vertical game that's definitely one that that is that is that that's the key one for me. But yeah. I think another piece of that too, T, is moving the pocket because we know yeah. that Desmond Ritter isn't Marcus Marcus Mariota from an athletic and being able to run the football standpoint, mm-hmm. but he can move. He yeah. can move. He can be on the move, and I think they're going to move the pocket around, mm-hmm. get him on some rollouts and some play action. You know, you saw that when he was with um, Arthur Smith was with um, Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. and he and Ryan Tannehill flourished in that type of system. So yes. I think all of those things are going to come into play. You might lose the athletic ability from a run running the football standpoint, but mm-hmm. you're going to gain some things too. Like you said, the vertical. I think that vertical game is going to look better. I've, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting my football yeah. acumen. I'm putting my bachelor's degree in football on that and i'm working on my masters for those who who, who uh, like to question what i got going on when it comes to this football stuff so I, I i will put that on that that desmond ritter will put some pressure on some defenses as from time to time when yeah. it comes to um, throwing the ball down the field and they arthur smith is gonna move the pocket and like i said mm-hmm. he's gonna put him in a good situation because i i really wholeheartedly trust uh arthur smith as a play caller yeah and and give him some time fans because you may not see the things that Jarvis and I are talking about immediately right so the vertical game is going to be there because he has greater arm strength than Mariota has right so you're going Mm -hmm. to see him get the ball down the field now it may not be the first throw that he has it may not be a la Matt Ryan I hear the the legend (laughs) first pass first you know touchdown may not be like that you guys so so give him a break but I do believe that as time goes on, you're going to see that timing worked to perfection. And the fact that he is working, has been working with Tyler Algier uh, during the bye, I think that's also a positive. And this is the thing I like about what you said as well. When you look at Desmond Ritter's decision-making, when the pocket moves for him, 
whether that is at the last minute at the line of scrimmage, you're kind of doing an audible or whether you're moving around because, you know, your O-line is giving you the opportunity to kind of make some decisions on trying to get to your second or third read. I just believe, first of all, he's going to he's going to know how to get to his second or third read. Let's just start right there. Because we complained the entire season, my God, Marcus Mariota, can you please go past your first read? I think there are just better decisions that he can make. So while they're giving him time and while that pocket is moving, I believe his mind is going about where he's supposed to go. And to your point, that's going to be one of those intangible advantages that you may not see on the stat sheet, but watch what it eventually does in terms of making sure there aren't errors, like I'm literally falling on my back and then I'm going to decide to throw the ball. I don't think you see Ritter make that mistake, even as a rookie. And I also think you're going to see how chains move a little bit differently in terms of getting you into more third and short situations or even being able to go down the field and convert on second down. So that's something that I really think is definitely going to be maybe not a statistical positive, but you will start to see that productivity come alive. And the other piece, I think, is this. There are going to be some position players and some groups that are salivating. They've already kind of intimated that in these last couple of days in these press conferences. So it got me to thinking, okay, which position group or player, I'm going to give you that option, which position group or which player is going to benefit the most from Ritter taking over? Is it going to be who we talked about? Is it going to be Drake London or the entire receiver core? Is it going to be Tyler Algier or the running backs by committee? Or is it going to be Arthur Smith's favorite group, the tight end room, or Parker Hesse. I mean, who who's going to be the ones that are like, can't wait for Sunday? I, I think overall, the yeah. wide receiver group is going to benefit, the benefit. but the person mm-hmm. who I think is going to benefit the most has to be Drake London, mm-hmm. because I I, I want to go back to minicamp, rookie minicamps, when they were guys were dorm mates. That's all they, they were asked and, and talked about as far as those guys being in the dorm together, mm-hmm. being understanding, like, okay, we have a lot of similarities, yeah. and this is Hey, I want to work on my game. I want to be. I want to be great. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to come in and change the culture. Right? You know, we mm-hmm. talked about Dean Pease and how he's always want to change the culture on defense. Yeah. Drake London and 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 Desmond Ritter were talking about changing things and, and being charged with and being okay with that. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to say, "Hey, we want to do this," but there's right. another thing to be able to carry that load and yeah. to do it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, and I think that Desmond Ritter and, and London are, are, are already on the same page from a chemistry standpoint because those mm-hmm. guys got to know each other really well back in the spring when they were dorm mates. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that wasn't done, that wasn't a coincidence either. That right. was done that was done specifically yeah, so those yeah. guys can establish a rapport with each other for this moment and I think that mm-hmm. we're going to definitely see a, a get a glimpse into that on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and low-key about two weeks ago, because, of course, we're coming off the bye week, but about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, Drake had some commentary that low-key told Drizzy. Me, okay, bro wasn't pleased. <laughs> Brother was not pleased. Was I don't know. That field, and it had nothing to do with how things were being schemed, necessarily. It was execution. And you kind of started reading the tea leaves like, yeah, this is going south. And the other piece there is this, and I was so frustrated with myself because I should have taken a picture, but... You know, we got to this point and I, I looked uh, Sunday, I thought about Arthur Blank. And mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, I was like, yeah, this has been coming because I read his body language in that last press conference. And I said, oh, yeah, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. And now you're starting to see Jarvis as we and of course, we haven't spoken to Arthur Blank directly. That was just me kind of watching body language. But on that same token, you're hearing from more players, from more positions 
who are saying, A, hey, it's a change, it's all good. And B, some who are endorsing and saying, hey, we are ready, we're ready to rock behind him and we're gonna get this thing done. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. And of course, we can't wait to dig into this even more because as more information comes out of Flowery Branch about what these transitions look like, we are going to let you guys know. But this is something that's trending nationally. So you may get some reaction to this as a big story from Locked On Sports Today, because that's what they do. They yes. talk about all the big stories. So if you want to get the reaction real time, and sometimes, you know, they'll dig into something very important, like the passing, of course, of Mississippi State coach Mike Leach, which was unexpected. That is something that they react to. And some may even give some stories of when they had an opportunity to meet him or interact with them. So check out Locked On Sports today because they get it done big time over there. And just like you guys love our next segment for the culture, you're going to like them with their take of the day. So don't forget, once you check out ATL Day Ones on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you download your podcast, your next stop definitely should be Locked On Sports today. Locked On Sports Atlanta family, I have a message for you. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. You ready to start dancing it? I can see it. I can tell you already thought start bouncing your head like that. So yeah, if you want to get in contact with the show, hit that email right now. ATLDayOnes at gmail.com. Really appreciate you guys. We're up over 5,100 subscribers on YouTube. And remember, leave us a five-star review on our, on our podcast, wherever you download your podcast, because, hey, you want everybody else to find out about what we got going on. Don't hide greatness because we don't do that. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. I said I had some advice for Sham my old boy, uh, Uncle Shay Shay. Uncle Shay Shay got into it with, with his uh with his co-host, Skip Bayless, T. And uh, so essentially, you know, Skip was kind of, you know, uh, uh, got into a, a space where he was loving on Tom Brady like he, mm -hmm. like, like he always does yeah. and just mentioned the fact that in the back and forth that Tom Brady was better than Shannon Sharp and made mm -hmm. him seem like he was less than as a player. Yeah. And I think Shannon Sharp got into a space where he felt like he was kind of hurt and he oh, definitely yeah. took it personal, which I, I totally understand. But my whole thing is with this, do you think Shannon like responded in the right way? Yeah. I, I believe that he kept his composure for the most part because after and I look, I'm taking my glasses off because that's what Brother Shannon did. Yes. And Skip had the audacity and unmitigated gall to tell a grown man to put his glasses back on. Boy, bye. You're, you're really lucky Lord. that that big old oh. Georgia born, Georgia bred boy did not come across that table and come for you because right. that was so disrespectful. And that's one of those things where that's that quiet little kind of microaggression, kind of passive aggressive behavior that sometimes people in Skip's space try to pull that when they are very, very oh, insecure about there. I have to kill. Hold my mute, uh, T. <clears throat> I don't want to get us in trouble. <laughs> That's why I was very, very discreet with how I said that. Yes. Because if you know, yes. you know. So if you know, you know. Exactly. Shannon Sharp did an excellent job in holding his tongue because, let's face it, Skip Bayless, I don't even know if you played football in high school or peewee league. And if you did, I don't think you're any good. Let's just be real. You are the t quintessential, you're, you're the quintessential journalist that people hate on because they're like, 
you all never played the game. You're you're the reason that we get that vitriol sometimes, those of us who haven't played the game, because when we get around someone who has played the game, our insecurities come out and we didn't try to belittle them and demean them. So yeah, I, I took, took very much offense to it because when I'm in the room with another player, right? A football player like you or Hugh Douglas or Randy McMichael, I'm always gonna defer to you guys because there are gonna be some things that you've seen on the field, some experiences that you've had that I could never have because I, I didn't get, I didn't get, I wasn't allowed to play the game. Let, let's just be real. I, I tried to just so you all know, they just wouldn't yes. let me. Yes. But ultimately speaking, that's no different than anything else, right? If somebody came up to you, Jarvis, and asked you, and I'm of course being facetious, but they asked you about doing uh, split jumps across the gym and doing uh, turnarounds, spin around and flipping all across the gym and around the world, you'd be like, I don't even know what that is. They asked you what a quad track axle was or a triple loop was. You'd be like, I don't really know what that is. That's no, no. I, I skate, <laughs> I, 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 I ski, and I'm a dancer. So yeah. everybody has their space of expertise. Not saying Skip doesn't have one, but this, a three-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, oh, I need you to back way off, way off of Shannon Sharp with that. Yeah, back the blank up, Skip. And he, and here's the thing, and 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 Skip has kind of got out of his bag like this before, and it, it is it was I immediately thought about it when I saw saw the clip right, and it was mm -hmm. the time when Jalen he and Jalen Rose had Rose, and they got into it, and Jalen <laughs> eviscerated Skip Bayless and talked about how he averaged 1.2 minutes on his team. I think we played on the basketball team. I can't remember if I, uh, if I remember correctly. And, and I think that once Skip cross that, crosses that line and gets personal, mm -hmm. you need to get personal as well. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know, I know Michelle, my girl, always say when they go low, we go high. In this, mm -hmm. moment, in this moment, Uncle Shay Shay, mm -hmm. when he goes low, you go lower. You have to. And, and you have to because you have to remind him because I'm sure he probably after the show, he was like, yeah, I got in the moment. Yeah, my bad, bro. Nah, 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 and all that stuff. You know, we still good. Yeah, no, like microaggressors do. You know what I'm saying? That's how they get down. They, mm -hmm. they, they cross the line and then try to pull it back by saying, yep. oh, yeah, I wasn't. I hope you didn't take it like that. It was just, right. you know, we're just jabbing, bro. We're just doing right. our thing, bro. Like, yeah. nah, 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 nah. I'm going to get personal with you. And I'm and I'm I'm and after the show, and I'm be like, oh man, you know, we were just jobbing, man. Just mm -hmm. it ain't nothing personal. Right. Don't, don't get upset. Just yeah, get but in. I yes, exactly. So I think those that's that's what I would have done in that particular situation because guys like Skip Bayless who have made a poop ton of money off of being a hater. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to LeBron James, yes. like I, I used to rock with Skip Bayless back in the day before mm -hmm. I even got into this industry. But yeah, as the more and more I got did. into it, I saw I saw exactly what his what his uh, intentions were, mm -hmm. and and he and he's been successful at it. I, I ain't yeah. gonna knock that, but yeah. Yeah, but you have to know what you're dealing with when 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 he gets personal like that. And mm -hmm. Sh Shannon, I wish you would just just go ahead, and go ahead, and go ahead and lay him down for a second and slap him upside the head, not physically. You know, and like, hey man, psh, uh, I know this game and more than you do. So yeah, I don't care how long you doggone wrote about it. Right. I, I know about it and yeah. I played it. So mm -hmm. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and it's no different than the respect that as Skip Bayless, the, the former newspaper writer, if you will, there's that's no different than if you were talking about how to write an article or how to approach an interview to write an article. 
Shannon would defer to you. He'd lean into you and respect your craft or respect him. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and that's that's the problem. That that their respect is never reciprocated. Yeah. It's never reciprocated because like if you if you you know, you know, you know being in this industry for 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 us uh, several amount of years and and I've come you know come to learn that like you just you just get it. You pick up on a certain thing when it comes to guys like Skip Bayless. Yeah. And I think that this was a moment where he should have been like flamed him up, flamed him up, as my as my folks used to say back in the day. Flame him and, and, and keep it moving. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna leave it right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, uh before we get out of here, we gotta mention this. Now we know how all the flack that Deion Sanders or Prime, Coach Prime, however you want to refer to him as, has has gotten to a point where you know, he, he's going to Colorado. He's bringing players with him. He's bringing coaches with him. And he's giving other head HBCU coaches, um, uh, HBCU head coaches, opportunities to be at a coach on a power five level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about this? T.C. Taylor, former wide receiver for the Jackson State um, uh, Tigers, mm-hmm. leading receiver of all time for the Jackson State Tigers, has been announced as the head coach for, for Jackson State. He's going to take over after the Celebration Bowl. So, T, hey, got to give a quick shout out to him. Yeah, so excited. I saw the video of the announcement. And so the AD comes in and Coach Taylor's just sitting in the back of the the uh, the, the room. Uh, looks like, uh, you know, an, an auditorium, if you will. And mm-hmm. so and I, that's an auditorium where, you know, the football players always gather. So nobody really had any idea what was going on because it's where they gather all the time. So right. the AD comes in and he says, hey, I want to introduce you to your new coach. And then, you know, you kind of see Coach Prime. And then all of a sudden he, you know, pauses and he goes, T.C. Taylor, when I tell you the room erupted, I mean, it got me a little bit emotional because you know that was my biggest issue with the way this entire thing played out, that it took the attention away from those kids who are looking to make history by going 14 and 0 and getting themselves a black college football championship. That's where the energy and the attention should have been. It was taken off of them. And I feel like now the attention can go back to where it should be, which is those players who fought to get themselves here. And I feel like just giving a shout out to Dion, because if you saw the exchange, you can see like he's someone like Dion was very proud that T.C. Taylor is the one who got that opportunity. So I feel like it's it's a great piece. And listen, while he didn't recommend him for the job. Exactly. There you go. There you go. He was someone who he was completely in favor of. And while it may not have played out like we wanted it to here in HBCU land, ultimately speaking, and and he may not have the Deion Sanders name, if you will, but T.C. Taylor has a name. He has a name. He has a reputation. He's very well respected. And I still think not just Jackson State, but I think you guys are going to be very excited about the fact that HBCU football is going to be just fine. We'll be okay. So, yeah, make sure you guys come back to make sure we're okay. Because we're going to make sure you're okay by giving you this good heat each and every day. And make sure you check out Locked On Sports today after you check us out. Y'all come back now, you hear?